up, everybody? It's time for part two of the official Earverm crossover. I realized as soon as you started recording, I'm like, I have no idea how this podcast starts. No, I start I'm on this, this one. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I start this one. It's really weird. So, if you guys listen to all the shows on the network, then you, you probably already heard us talk about Bruce Campbell over on General Nerdery earlier this week. If you haven't, go check it out because that's where you'll actually learn where we first were introduced to Bruce and our thoughts on the man and our thoughts on Briscoe County Jr. But today, we're here to smoke a little weed and talk about Bubba Hotep. All right, we get to be open about that on this one. Yeah, this one's all about smoking weed. <laughs> to the point where, it's in the as name. with anything, <laughs> like it's, it's... as with every sesh, we start off with our green hits. Danny, this is another week where we brought the same fucking strain. I know, we're on the same wavelength, man. So, with that being said, we both have frequented Flower, which is a dispensary here in town recently. And with that being said, the strain that we both picked up is the Chocolate Hashberry, which I did hand over to Zach as well. got it, it's very nice. Yeah, and this particular strain, it is a cross of Chocolate Kush and Blackberry Kush. It is, at least at the shop that we went to, it's a hybrid the THC on this one is actually really potent because if you look up information on Leafly, it shows like 17%, but this one comes in at like 32%. Damn. Dude. Yeah, yeah. Damn. No Flower is proud of their flower, but it's for good reason. They tend to have good product. Yeah, and so the dominant terpene in this is myrcene, and if anybody knows anything about myrcene, that's the one that kind of gives you that sedative mm-hmm. kind of sensation. So this one will make you kind of, you know, relaxed and put you in the zone. And because it is a hybrid, it's not going to like dominate you in terms of sleepiness or anything like that. So you'll still be functional. And the other one we've actually brought over before, I know you have, Tyler, is the Crockett Taze. And I know you gave a little background where Crockett's is like a specific, is it a seed company or it's seed a bank? seed company. So whenever it's Crockett's whatever. It's, so in this case, it's going to be haze mixed with one of their probably phenotypes or whatever one of their personal in-house phenotype brands that they haven't really ever disclosed like it's their special strain so gotcha so i know the information is going to be a little no pun but a little hazy when you look Mm -hmm. for information on these strains but this particular one it is a sativa strain and it clocks in right around 24 percent. so i like that i was mentioning to you it's very smooth like no harshness to it at all because we're smoking out of joints. So it's easy to kind of like take some nice puffs off that guy. So there's that. So almost anytime we podcast, Tyler brings me a new joint and I barely smoke. Like I I smoke every time we do this and I'll smoke at home, but my wife doesn't smoke. So, and I realized that I just, I don't enjoy being high around her because I'm like, pretend you're not high. Yeah. Then why did I do this? (laughs) So uh, I I go through them very slowly and, but you know, a great time when I have them, but I was cleaning the house the other day and I found like nine unfinished (laughs) joints and I was like, oh man. I'm never going to have to buy again the more I hang out with Tyler. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the perks, you know, of what we do. Just this is the upsides of podcasting I wasn't informed about. Yeah, exactly. That's how I always used to sell people on it. Be like, well, we can just hang out and get high and talk. Well, yeah. I mean, you're already done. <laughs> I'm going to have anyway. I sold it on you, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, check, please. Yeah, yes and yes. I'm sold. Because that's all we used to do back in the day on my first podcast. Good old shout out to Smoking the Breeze. Hi, Jesse. I know you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, Jesse. How many weed-themed podcasts have you had at this point? Two. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. 
but yeah, the whole point of that was we used to like, there was three of us, two of us were smoking between the three of us. We'd usually kill a bottle of rum record for like three hours and edit it down to like two hours. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Damn, son. But it, it continues. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. This is already apparently taking its effect. <laughs> Let's get into the guts and bolts of Bubba Hotel. Guts and bolts. All right. Guts and bolts. Spoiler free. Who and what went into the making of this movie? And a little bit of a spoiler free setup for you, too. Bubba Hotep. (laughs) (laughs) First thing I'm going to say, this movie should not be as good as it is. Like, not just like it's a fun, goofy thing, but just it's legitimately a good movie at the same time. So the spoiler free setup for this movie is a man who may or may not be Elvis in a old folks home, old folks home has to fight off a mummy. I mean, that's what it is. There we go. Yeah, there's only like one thing I might add, and I don't know if it counts as a spoiler or not, so I'll save it for... Are you... JFK might be involved? Yeah, that's 100% it. Uh, (laughs) Also, JFK might be involved. Old man Elvis and JFK, or possibly two old crazy people. (laughs) It doesn't matter. Yeah, either way, you're going to get it. You're going to get it, and Bruce is going to give it to you. And not just Bruce... Danny, who else do we have in this? Okay, so from week to week, we do like to talk about the people who go into making the film and the actors and actresses who star in front of the cameras. And this week as a gentleman, we've actually talked about before because of a series that I am in love with. And the director is Don Coscarelli. We talked about him way back. I mean, we're talking about way back on episode four. Oh, wow. When we reviewed Phantasm, right? So that kind of sparked our... Mm-hmm. Love letter to Angus Grimm and all those guys involved. But anyway, a few other things of note from Don Coscarelli, because I do like the gentleman. The Beastmaster. I know we've talked about that several times before. Survival Quest back in 89. He did an episode for Masters of Horror. He did the incident on and off a mountain road. Once again, it has Ethan Embry. Mm. It does have Angus Scrim, so some familiar faces there. And a film I highly recommend. I know I didn't recommend it <laughs> on General Nerdery, but dude... John Dies at the End is so fucking good. Okay, see, that one I know. I mean, I heard of Beast... I didn't... The same guy that made Beastmaster? Yes. John Dies at yes. the End? Yes. <laughs> yes. Talk about fucking range. Yes. Also, you've never seen Beastmaster? If I have, it's been like 20 years. That, like, is, that doesn't have to come up soon, but that's a future general nerdery. Dude, yeah. All right. I think yeah. you'll have fun with that. <laughs> Beastmaster. I know. Hey, Beastmaster's on. So awesome. All right. Our writers, Don Coscarelli being one half of the writing team, and the other half doesn't have anything to do with the screenplay, but the novella is based off of his works, and that is Joe R. Lansdale, and he helped write Bubba Hotep. So with that, we have cinematographer Adam Gennaro, and Adam, he has some interesting works to his name, a couple of short films. He did uh, Left of Center and Little League Jesus, which I thought was (laughs) kind of interesting. But a few films of note were The Discontents and Pink as the Day She Was Born. I don't know much about those, but there you go. All right, so another gentleman we've talked about before is Brian Tyler. He helped compose the music for Bubba Hotep. And this guy's got some really interesting works. Like I'm talking about a shitload of films, but Frailty being uh, the one that we reviewed on episode 46. And then I know we've mentioned like Vampires, Los Muertos, Darkness Falls. He did Constantine. We brought it up on the last show, but The Fast and the Furious, Tokyo Drift. I'm not going to hold that one against him. 
No, <laughs> Alien versus Predator, Requiem, I Rambo, uh, Dragon Ball Evolution. Like, so just that a, one I would definitely will hold against him. <laughs> a slew of films, dude. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Thor, The Dark World, Avengers, Age of Ultron. So things of that note. And you can see he's, he's got stuff coming out all yeah, the way up until next everything. year. Jesus. Yeah, so pretty prominent name in Hollywood when it comes to composing music. All right, moving forward, we have special effects teams, KNB Effects Group. They help with the special makeup effects. We have special effects services. They help with the pyrotechnics and Bad Weasel Productions help with the visual effects. And the opticals were done by Tidal House Digital. It was produced by Don Coscarelli and Jason R. Savage. The production company was Silver Sphere Corporation. Yeah, I like of course that. it is. Yeah, distributors were Silver Sphere Corporation. They helped with the 2002 United States theatrical release, and Vitagraph Films helped with the 2003 United States theatrical release. It had a release date on June 9th, 2002, at the Santa Vegas International Film Festival here in the States, and then it had a stateside release on October 10th, 2003. The budget was right around $1 million, and it grossed worldwide right around $1.2 million. And I've got two taglines for this film. First one I have, I think it's pretty fitting, is uh, you don't fuck with the king. Solid. And the second one I have is you know the legends, now learn the truth. That one's too vague. It It is. It doesn't tell you a goddamn thing about what's happening. No, but if you watch the film, it makes sense. Also, I think that might have also been like the tagline for the, what year was it, 2004 Disney King Arthur? <laughs> oof. Oof. <laughs> See, the one that makes me think of, did you ever watch that? This is about as far from horror as you can get. It was like a 90s Disney movie where like Paul Bunyan and Pecos Bill and. Oh, yeah. I'd love that movie. Uh, what is oh, that? Uh, America, uh, uh, Tall um, Tale? Tall. I think it's Tall Tales. That sounds right. God, I don't know if I've seen that. In, I watched in it like 10 years, years ago, now. really high, and was like, this holds up. I don't know if it actually does, <laughs> but it did that night. That's I saw that in theaters. I still remember where I sat. That's awesome. That was a great movie. <laughs> it was probably an awful movie. All right, so moving into our cast, the man at the top of the hour, the man of the day, Bruce Campbell, stars as Elvis, Aaron Presley, or and, Sebastian Half. Yeah, or Sebastian Half, depending on how you want to look at it. But as if we already need an introduction to Bruce, I know we've gone extensively about him before. We actually talked about him before, Tyler, on the show, on a Lost episode with Jesse. It's true. We have a Lost episode from when we first switched over our initial recording setup. Yeah, and that Lost episode, I should I say it? I don't know. Have we said it before? I think we've said that it's Evil Dad. Yeah, it's Evil Dad. Oh, okay. So... I mean, we've technically spoken about Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi right. and everybody, but it never Everybody's got released. There's been this many episodes in a horror podcast and haven't done like four of his episodes. Oh, you'd be surprised a lot of stuff. But, we, you know, we have our method. We have our own way of doing things. But a few other things of note, maybe more so in the cult film slash horror realm is like films like Crime Wave. He was a part of the Maniac Cop series. He was also in uh, Sundown, The Vampire in Retreat. And we've already talked about all the shows he's been on and movies in between and stuff like that so he was in escape from new york wasn't he or no escape from la the second one yeah yeah, yeah he the got involved with carpenter stuff um, yeah it was just pretty wild all right so the gentleman in the film who is playing john f jack kennedy is aussie davis now this guy's got a really really interesting background like in music politics he gave the eulogy speech 
to uh, Malcolm X's he gave funeral. a big speech the day after Martin Luther King Jr. died. As yeah, well. so I mean, He's, like civil rights activist. It's a pretty interesting gentleman, and I mean his. Film career, he's got a lot of films to his name. Some that kind of jumped out to me, I think probably more so for us in our generation. He was in like Malcolm X, huh? go figure. He was also, believe it or not, he was in Cop and a Half, which is a Burt Reynolds film, oh, a comedy. Shit. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. He was in Grumpy Old Men. Oh, I remember that one. He was in I'm Not Rappaport, which I thought was really cool. He's in Dr. Doolittle. Uh, Sam versus, or Joe versus Volcano. Yeah, man. He was also in... It's a film that I think Mario Van Peebles did, but it's called Badass. And it was about his father in the black exploitation films of the 70s and what have you. So I think I've mentioned this before. He was in School Days. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. A Spike Lee joint that Such I a watched film. a number of times because my mom bought that movie. Wow. <laughs> my mom's conservative. <laughs> <laughs> and as a child bought wow. me a movie that's all about the intricacies of colorism within the black community it's pretty wild isn't it damn on i believe the movie set also in like a historically black college <laughs> yeah I, I mean it makes sense that he was in that film because he also <laughs> did do the right thing in jungle fever which were all right. spike lee joints so it makes perfect sense but yeah, like I said, a very prominent figure. It was really cool that he's in this. I also said that he was in Watt Stacks, and Watt Stacks was also like part of those 1960s riots in uh, Watt Stacks, part of L.A. I actually bought that documentary for my uncle because there's like a lot of really good music. There was a Watt Stacks concert that mm. took place during that time period too. So anywho, moving forward, we have Ella Joyce. She plays the role of the nurse in this. Before we move too oh, far yeah, forward, yeah. one last thing about Ossie Davis. Yeah, no worries. Interesting. Born the same year as JFK. Oh, oh shit. that is interesting. Oh, also the fact that he uh, did so much of his career of not playing the like stereotype. Because I was reading about this, he straight up refused to play stereotype black characters in his early career, which when he started was unheard of. Good on him, man. Integrity. All right, so Ella Joyce, she plays the role of the nurse, and a few things of note from her. Actually, I remember watching her. This is going to sound a little odd for some people. But Fox, uh, way back in the day, had a television show called Rock. I really liked that show. But she played the role of Eleanor Emerson on the show from 91 through 94. She was like Rock's wife, essentially, on the show. She was also in the pilot episode of News Radio with Phil Hartman, Joe Rogan, a bunch of those oh, guys. Oh, I remember that. Joe Rogan yeah. was on that show? Yeah, he sure was. Andy Dick. <laughs> <laughs> she was also in the Disney film Selma, Lord Selma. She was in uh, Stop Where My Mom Will Shoot. Reality Bites, and stuff like Preacher's Kid. She was in The Temptation, Confessions of a Marriage Counselor, and stuff like that. Oh, my God. I've never seen that movie, but I have listened to that How Did This Get Made quite a few times because it is something else. (laughs) All right. Moving forward, we have a really renowned stuntman who plays the role of Bubba Hotep in the film. And that gentleman is Bob Ivey. And I looked at like some of the awards and stuff he won. Uh, you can find it on the database. But he was actually in some really interesting films too with uh, Mr. Coscarelli because he was in Phantasm Four: Oblivion. He was also in such things as like uh, The Phantom Empire, uh, Deep Space, Warlords, Alien Escape, Dead Tides. But uh, Near per- Dark? Yeah, I was saying he was in- Powder? Uh, a lot of stuff because of his stunt. He was a stunt coordinator for a lot of things. Like, it's pretty interesting. He's got some really cool credits as a stuntman, maybe not so much as an actor. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so uh, moving forward, we have Larry Pinnell plays the role of Kimosabi. <laughs> I know why they named him that, and it's kind of fucked up, but 
I would imagine with like cost royalties and stuff to use the Lone Ranger. Yeah. You know, I was like, okay, that makes sense. But he played Dash Riprock in the television series The Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Amazing. It's so fucking amazing. <laughs> he says he played Keith Holden in Lassie. So I'm like, what the hell, dude? Yeah, just a really prominent older actor, like older television actor. And like, you can look, he played uh, Sergeant White and Helter Skelter. And he played pro baseball. Yeah, I read that. Like, once he came back from the war, like, he went into acting instead of continuing his career as a baseball player. He was part of the Boston Braves. I saw that. It's pretty crazy, man. It's funny. This is kind of a callback a little bit, too, to Marilyn Monroe. He played Clark Gable in Marilyn, The Untold Story. Oh, shit. (laughs) This is really cool. So, yeah, it's like, it just goes back to old 50 shows as well. So, Really cool seeing him in this. All right, another gentleman we've talked about before several times, Reggie Bannister. Love Reggie. We talked about him on episode four with Phantasm. We talked about him again when we talked about Phantasm 2 on episode 103. Can I say about Reggie, man? If you've seen a Don Coscarelli film, you're going to see Reggie Bannister. I think the last time I watched Bubba Hotep, I hadn't watched Phantasm yet. Now that I've seen Ah. Phantasm and Phantasm 2... Reggie sticks out like a sore fucking thumb. Who was he in Bubba Hotep here? He was the administrator. Oh, okay, yeah. No, I'm trying to think. Yeah, we talked about him too because of Wishmasters. Like, I remember he was in that as well. So, yeah, just one of those quiet badasses. (laughs) I like Reggie. All right, and last but not least, I have (laughs) Daniel Roebuck as the hearse driver, and Daniel's been in some really cool stuff too. He was in uh, The Fugitive as Deputy Marshal Robert Biggs. He was also in its spinoff, U.S. Marshals. He was uh, Jay Leno in The Late Shift, the whole movie about him and David Letterman, the you know, oh, late right. night wars or whatever. So that was really cool. He was also Dr. Leslie Artst in Lost. One of our favorite oh, horror dude. movies. I know. I saw that Morris too. Green and the Morris Green show in Devil's Rejects. So awesome, isn't it, man? Yeah, it's like he's been in a bunch of stuff. Devil's Rejects, too. Yeah, I mean, you've already said that. Halloween. (laughs) Yeah, Halloween 2. John Dies at the End. 31. Three from Hell. So, yeah, there you go, dude. Phantasm Ravager. So, really cool character actor. But that pretty much rounds out the cast and crew. You already gave us a brief setup. We should give you some warnings heading into the next section. Warnings. Language. Lots of language. Lots of sexual kind of windows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Never like sex, but innuendo. No, no, no. Innuendos. Death? I mean, <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, it's a horror movie. Uh, Mummies? Some gross Mummies? out humor. Yeah. yeah. There's lots of private parts humor in it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Otherwise, like I can't. Nothing else jumps to mind. I right? don't like, traditionally like it. horror movies and nothing about this movie bothers me. Cool. So like <laughs> it's pretty tame. Then let's get into the next section and find out how Bubba Hotep made us squeal. How does that make you squeal? All right, we got more Bruce, Bubba Hotep. This was fun. I'm glad I rewatched it because it had been a bit. I know that's something that Zach and I had talked about not too long ago, right? You and I, just in passing, kind of talking about... Yeah, because I haven't seen this in forever. You know, and we talked about, after having you on for Swamp Thing, that you did like Army of Darkness, but... More specifically, Bubba Hotep, mm-hmm. you know, and just in our passing and conversation, I was like, yeah, I really haven't watched Bubba Hotep in a while, even though I own the film. It's been a hot minute since I've watched it, and it gave me enough inspiration to go ahead and check it out, just to fill in the blanks, like the shit that I'd forgotten about. So it gave me a little bit of a jump on this episode, because when we talked about it last week that this is what we're going to review, I was like, oh, good, because <laughs> I don't have to dedicate too many hours to this particular <laughs> I episode. I watch it once now. Right, because then I can 
spend a little bit more time on behind the scenes stuff, you know? So I had a little bit of an advantage there, but uh, nonetheless, it's still one. When it came out, dude, I was all over it because of Bruce and Dawn, believe it or not. I think the last time I watched this was with Jesse when he was still living in the Ortega's basement. So it's probably been about a decade since I watched it, near as I can figure anyway. I think since before I started dating my wife, so probably seven or eight years. It could have been close to a okay. decade. I know there's something we do too with films on occasion is like our introductions. Do you remember how you came across this film? My buddy Jason, I don't remember if I mentioned him on this or on the general nerdy we recorded just before this, but the guy that introduced me to Bruce was like, hey, there's this movie he's making or has made. I don't remember if it was before or after. We love watching weird Bruce Campbell movies. Let's watch Bubba Hotep. And I was like, all right, I don't know what that is. <laughs> and then I found out. I mean, Jesse loves Bruce more than I do, so it was just we were hanging out, and I hadn't seen it yet, so we put it on and yeah. smoked some weed and watched it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> this is another one of those stories I've told timeless times, but found it, I believe, at Best Buy when I got into film collecting. Like I said, it was Bruce Campbell, Don Coscarelli, Easy Sell, brought over the DVD just as a burden of proof. <laughs> yeah, so I have a history with this. Even though I haven't watched it a lot, I still enjoy it. I think this is one of those movies that, like, it's so simultaneously really easy and really hard to sell people on it. because Such a weird premise. <laughs> yeah, old man Elvis fights the mummy, and some people are like, absolutely, 100%, stop there, don't tell me anything else. And other people being like, what? No. What it, why? Why? <laughs> and then you have to try to figure out which part you need to like alter to get them back into it. You got to be like, well, JFK is there too. Yeah, and, if, like, and if that doesn't do it, you're like, but they might not be Elvis or JFK. They might just be two crazy old men. But then you, if you also go, if that still turns them off, you're like, but it doesn't really matter either way if they are or they aren't. <laughs> uh, also, it could be, a, it's a surprisingly deep uh, examination of what it's like to be old and passed by. Like, right, 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 right. My other angle, the only other little kvit I would throw in there was like, if you're not sold on that, there was a mummy that sucks souls through buttholes. So there's that. <laughs> there are so many ways to sell this movie, and you, you know? just have to pick the right one for the like, right person. What? <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> and write graffiti on the fucking walls oh in hieroglyphics. Yeah, shit house reporter. <laughs> That's so oh, fucking it's hilarious. The dumbest scene in this movie, and I love it so much. So now, like, coming back to this movie. After having seen more of Coscarelli's other work in between, I now understand how you get from Phantasm to John Dies at the end. Without a doubt. This is like this the is perfect the, segue. This is the in-between. Right. Without a doubt. It feels like the precursor to John Dies at the end. Absolutely. It has a lot of the same just overall feel to it. Exactly. Um, it's like I think it's stylistically it has the same feel, the pacing, storytelling humor all of it. it has those elements of a don coscarelli mm -hmm. film so the movie <laughs> i'm i'm actually gonna say like if this ends up feeling like a weird thing to bring up we can end up just cutting it but like the movie starts with a couple definitions of hotep do you guys know that they missed one i uh, know i don't think i paid enough attention to know I'm, yeah i don't even remember what the definitions are i've got it written down you know i'm a big ass nerd too but so so yeah all right so the first two that i had written down which I think the show, I mean, the show, the movie opens with is it's a noun. The first definition, it's a relative or descendant of the 17 Egyptian dynasties ruling from 3100 to 1550 BC. And it's also the family surname of an Egyptian pharaoh, otherwise known as king. So those were the two that I had written down. 
Okay. So there's another very well-known definition of hotep that you might run into perusing online in different discussions. Maybe not. It would depend on what you were looking up, I guess. I'm getting more and more scared as this I know. Okay. goes Okay, so yeah. this is one of those things. Yeah. How to explain this. <laughs> it's a weird one to explain because it's like, it's one of those terms like Uncle Tom where... It's fine to know what one is, but none of us in this room get to decide who is an Uncle Tom. 100%. Right? So there's... Hotep is like... I know you'll be familiar with this. I don't know about you, though, Zach. Like, have you ever watched Don't Be a Menace, <laughs> South Central, while drinking your juice in the hood? No. God, that's so, sucks. Preach. Yeah. The character Preach and Don't Be a Menace would be a Hotep. Makes sense. It's... This is the almost... <laughs> It's someone who is obnoxiously pro-black in an obviously uninformed way. Okay. That in modern society also tends to carry a lot of homophobia within some of the messages that they're putting out, as well as, like, there's definite, like, misogyny there, too, within, like, hoteps. I have seen the type before. Right. Now you can understand why it's like why awkward. it's really hard to explain. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there's the intricacies to it. Yeah. Yeah. I just, but I was just your like, long lead, and I'm like, is this a porn term? That no. Somehow, like, <laughs> not quite. But I was just like, okay, they're giving definitions of hotep, and I'm like, there's one more. <laughs> <laughs> I understand why they yeah. didn't put it in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There we go. So it, and then we get the definition of bubba. Yeah. Which is fucking hilarious. I've got that written down too, which, uh, real briefly, male from the southern U.S., good old boy, cracker, redneck, trailer park resident. It's like, barely yeah, accurate. Barely can, accurate. That's Bubba. Oh, oh, speaking of which, really quick, really quick, because this is a question more so for you guys, more so for me, because I'm from the south. I mean, that's what a Bubba is. We're from the north-south. It's Montana. Right. Well, I was going to ask, is there a Montana equivalent, or is it just Bubba up here? I mean, I feel like every small town around here might have their own regional version where they're just kind of making fun of one of the families in town. Right, right, right. Like, I'm not going to say anything right now. No, no, no. And you should, you don't have to. You don't have to. But like, I immediately think of something, but like, it's It's more tied to a specific family. Gotcha. And and that makes sense. Yeah. We at least like, no, would be like, oh, a Bubba. Okay. Okay. Automatically know what that is. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm just curious because, like I said, in this context, Southern is, <laughs> you know, right in the name. So mm-hmm. I was just kind of curious. I thought that was interesting. I didn't realize I could like a movie so much that's main recurring theme set up from the beginning is the health of the main character's penis. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, you read. You read, Zach. Yeah, he's like, okay, I have two questions about this. Question number one. Are we going to show the probably cancerous penis? Like, no. And he's like, good. (laughs) Thank you for that. (laughs) Yeah. And then he learned that it was like a six-week shooting schedule, whereas like a low-budget film, indie film, usually takes, what, 12 to 15 days, something around those ranges. Not three weeks, essentially. So not very long shooting schedule. But he said he knew because it is going to take longer that it's not going to be a shit film. And that the way that Don works is that he's going to flesh things out the way he wants to do his vision. So there was that. Well, it's one of those weird things, too. Like, the movie's a comedy, partially. They said it. the hardest thing for them is to specify where exactly it falls in any genre. Um, there's a lot of different things. 
I think it gets horror comedy a lot, and I think that doesn't give it enough credit. Even if yeah. I like horror comedy, like it, it's a bit dramedy. Oh, I, was about drama. Say, I was about to say horror dramedy. Yeah. Oh, dramedy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't remember where I was going. What was I saying? No, I was just like so just trying to figure out where this falls. On oh, the it's. Too. A, I mean, the dick joke thing, though, is like in oh, comedy, yeah, yeah. like things are funny certain numbers of times. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. it's funny. This the rule first of three time. or whatever. Yeah. yeah but it, there's certain times when it comes back around to being funny again. Mm hmm. And so they just keep it up long enough that you hit all of those times. <laughs> Even if, like, number three doesn't land, number five does. Like, <laughs> you know, there are a few moments with that joke where he actually is kind of like, it's kind of chauvinistic, but I'm, for whatever reason, willing to, like, let it go because old man and dick joke and, like, <laughs> I don't even know why. Where he's like, how about you, uh... Well, it's relating so much to his own will to live. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he's like, how about you uh, play with it a little bit? And she's like, no. And I'm like, that's straight up sexual harassment. But it was also weirdly charming in this. And that shouldn't be a sentence I can say. All right. Like, he got a little bit of life left in him. <laughs> well, and at that point, you understand that, like, this is the first time he's gotten hard in, like, a decade. <laughs> yeah, he makes it pretty obvious, which is pretty fun. Like his lines, and in she this. knows that by this point. Oh too. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like whoa, Mr. Half. You know, cr quick credit to her here. She kills that role. She oh, doesn't yeah. get much. Oh yeah. She's uh, she's never even given a name. She's the nurse. The nurse. Yeah, that's it. But like her moment there of Mr. Half <laughs> is that is someone who like knows about this person, likes this person, but is also the person who has to be like, no, stop being a dick, do that, or like. No, I have to touch your penis now. Don't be weird. Mm -hmm. uh, while still having that like affection. I don't know. She and also off. just that little bit of maybe he was Elvis. <laughs> and like, oh, that's impressive. <laughs> and like having to shove all of that into like an expression when you're looking at an old man's penis. Oh, yeah. Is a hell of an acting job. A cancerous penis on top of it. <laughs> yeah, fucking with the pus. Oh, no, nothing should use the word pus that often. Like, Oh, I know, man. But that's kind of the running gag in the film. So how much do we believe the stories? Mm, that's a good point. Is he point. Elvis? Is he JFK? When I was... Is he the Lone Ranger? All right, here's a moment that dawned <laughs> on me then also kind of took me out at the same moment when I was started thinking a little bit more in depth about it. I was like, is this a nursing home for like, are like actors, imitators essentially in it? But oh. I was like, nah, because I think his roommate at the beginning was like, uh, yeah, the purple heart and all that other stuff. Yeah, he was just a normal vet. Right. No, it was, and we never. So that kind of ruled out that idea. Kimosabe never really like claims that he's the lone ranger. He's no, just no. a dude that's way far gone and living out like the show he watched as a kid. Dementia, mm -hmm. stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. You know, when I was watching this when I was like 20, I was very determined that they were both Who they said Elvis they were. and JFK. <laughs> yeah, me too. And I think I like that version a little better just for me the too. sheer like what the fuckery of it. I, but I absolutely don't think it matters one way or the other. I think like, that's, that's a solid point. I want to say because of the comic books, it is Elvis. Right. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> well, in the comics, there is a uh, Bubba Hotep meets Army of Darkness comic mm -hmm. book where this Crossover. Elvis yeah. meets Ash. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that, like, Elvis is Ash's idol. <laughs> like, Wow. That's crazy. I agree. It's like the end of uh, Pan's Labyrinth, right? That's what Cece brought up when we were watching it. It's like, Guillermo's even said, he's like, 
to me it's fairies, but it doesn't have to be. Right, right. He's like, I wrote it. It could just be the so saddest ending of all yeah. time. He's like, but he's like, for me it's fairies, but it doesn't have to be. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's it's up for you. It's ambiguous. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's the same thing with this. Like, for me, yeah, it's Elvis. Yeah, I want to I'm not sure it's... if it's JFK. <laughs> <laughs> they died to me. Put sawdust in. I'm not sure it's JFK. <laughs> I know. That is so funny. But, but I'm I, not I'm not saying it's not. I'm not you ready to rule it out. Wildly different movies with it though. Like Oh mm-hmm. for sure. <laughs> wow. When I was looking up stuff for Briscoe Kenny Jr., I read this thing being like, Man, Briscoe was the last great role Bruce Campbell had until uh Burn Notice. Like everything else but in between was kind of like hokey caricatures. How dare you, sir? Bubba Hotep came during that time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This yeah. one really does kind of get slept on. I don't understand why it's so because maybe it's so Bru- easy when Bruce you're looking at acting. It, when you're looking at it from the outside, it is another one of those schlocky sci-fi original B movies. I mean, I, that he I, I will say, make, yeah, it's like, like that. The name probably doesn't help it a no. whole lot. <laughs> Bubba Hotep. No, like, how are you supposed to sell really that a redneck mummy? Briscoe County Junior. Same problem. <laughs> he just has a like advertising problem, apparently. Yeah, I mean, because he himself, there's no issues with what he's going to bring to the table. We've touched on it a little bit, but this might be one of the scariest movies that we've covered, if for only the reason I'm not feeling younger every day. (laughs) Yeah, it is definitely like, let's have an examination about growing old and like really express emotions about that. No, I think that's something that's very poignant throughout this film. That you can really miss it if you're not paying attention, you know, to that particular theme because it's rampant throughout, which I think is is interesting from the beginning of the film throughout the rest of the film is seeing Bruce Campbell's character as Elvis or whatever, Sebastian, go from being like almost a third of the film in the fucking bed, mm-hmm. you know, barely being able to get out to take a piss to like finally finding a spark in him to make him want to like go on adventures and give him like a bit of youth and that's something that's kind of interesting, man. I've been fortunate enough in my life to hang out with people who are a lot older than me. And you can kind of see that. Like, dude. When you're uh, interested and engaged, sure has an effect on, I mean, it's a world of COVID. Like, we've seen that just with us. And yeah. we're in our 30s. Mm-hmm. But I think that's something like, uh, it's kind of, it's really fucked up in our society, too, how easily older people are kind of dismissed. Well, we have that, I mean, r- to really beat it on the head, the daughter in the very beginning who like, oh, yeah. barely yeah, yeah. recognizes him as a human being and like, like the, doesn't give dad. a fuck about her dad mm-hmm. dying. Throwing away his purple heart. Like, who gives a shit? What? So that's kind of the brutal honesty in this film, even though it's like shrouded in comedy and all this other nonsense. I mean, in the best way, I like, I like all the nonsense. But it's that humanity that's mm-hmm. woven in this film that's really the honest hell. I read a review, and I don't think I really agree with it, but I understand where it's coming from, where they're like, the movie got ruined at the 45-minute mark when the mummy showed up. Because the, like, the reviewer was just, like, so enjoying yeah. the, like, let's have this, not as, like, you know, the horror comedy that no, becomes, I, we, yeah. but the, like, examination of growing old. And I don't agree with it, because bring me Elvis fighting a mummy. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I at least understand that if you're not a genre film person, that first half is going to be way more interesting to you. Right. I kind of liken it. You could say that. Boba Hotep might have been more of a metaphor for the Grim Reaper in a way. Mm-hmm. 
just collecting souls in a really fucked up way. And but shitting them out. But but, you know. but well, I'm pretty sure that like Supernatural's done an episode that's basically Bubba Hotep with like <laughs> something feeding on a bunch of small right. deaths, just skimming the top. I can think of a dozen things. You know. Yeah. Not it, now that I said I could do that, but like in theory, I could think of a dozen things that do this. Right before you said that sentence, you definitely were able to. I super had like three of them, yeah. <laughs> the line that I think solidified maybe anything or any doubt I had about that particular theme is what Bruce Campbell says towards the end, where uh, he talks about his soul. He's like, at least I still have my soul. Mm-hmm. You know, so he, it felt like I still had dignity. I didn't just rot away and just let something take my soul from me, you know? Suck it out my asshole. Yeah. I possibly had hallucinations and blew up half of this uh, retirement <laughs> Oh, my God. So it's just, like, just little lines thrown in there that that brought it back home. Like, yeah, this movie's a lot more than just what's on the surface level. Like... The moment where Kimosabe dies for a character yeah. that we had no time with before that, we saw him for literally, like, 30 seconds before this, was a weirdly powerful moment like that was well well done well i mean as part of getting ready for the show i make sure to also be stoned while watching it (laughs) making sure you have the right wavelength you gotta wear certain shades around here (laughs) um and especially the second time like just seeing that his first instinct when things go to shit is to try to protect his friends that's what i got out of it what i got out of that scene when he's coming down the hallway that was like his way of thwarting off the evil, like he's gone up guns blazing and that's what he did, mm-hmm. you know? And that's what I got out of it. Like same thing. He died with his soul intact. He died with dignity. He didn't just go out like a chump, so to speak, mm-hmm. you know? So I was like, that's, it's pretty cool. And then they stuck up for him too. They took a symbol of him, you know, that yeah, would they, otherwise have been thrown away, tossed they took aside. the purple heart of their buddy and uh, yeah, little mementos, yeah. you know, little keepsakes. Like keeping their memory alive, and I was like, "Man, this this film has some charm to it, dude. It really does." But seriously, fuck that first victim. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. <laughs> the the lady with the, the cockroach. <laughs> oh my god, that she was, was kind of the worst. <laughs> <laughs> that was silly. Nice with the dude in the iron. Uh, what do you what do you think about the story of Elvis and Sebastianoff? That was fun. I thought that was clever, man. You were just saying Bruce Campbell's like best acting. That scene alone, because he's playing two very different people in one scene who still, like, mimic each, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like dude it'd be hard to play, like, you need to play this person, <laughs> and then you need to play the person pretending to be that person. Like, that's probably way harder than it, like, sounds like it would be initially. Yeah. Bruce knocked it out of the fucking park in this role. <laughs> he made for this role. I mean, yeah, you're right. It's it's crazy. I, I mean, look, I don't know if I would have put up with the dick joke for that long if it wouldn't have been Bruce Campbell's voice delivering it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Every time. What I love about this is we're talking up Bruce so much and like a great Elvis impersonator that he went to to take classrooms like you are bad at this and you're going to stay bad at this. So just go have fun. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> He's like, the hey. Movie, the movie was uh, too cheap to even get, like, Elvis footage. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, they never actually show Elvis in the, like... Mm-hmm. And it's not even from any of Elvis's films. <laughs> it's just from films that had dudes that look vaguely like Elvis <laughs> from the back. It's pretty funny. <laughs> and the girls dancing on the beach. Yep. With vaguely Elvis-like music from that time period playing under it. I didn't appreciate him saying shitty movies, man, every single one of them. Because shitty pictures. They all, I mean, 
I've tried to watch some Elvis movies. They are bad. Oh, yeah. I've seen Blue Hawaii. <laughs> Gosh, one of my grandma's friends growing up was like obsessed with Elvis. So, yeah, I've seen my fair share of Elvis. <laughs> Way too much as a kid. Like, I'll watch no, I will the Beatles say, movies and admit they're not great, but at least right. they're fun. Mm -hmm. I so appreciate how often they worked all of his fucking catchphrases into his fucking dialogue. <laughs> yeah. The oh amount of gosh. times he says, taking care of business in this movie. TCB, baby. baby. Yeah. <laughs> so that's pretty funny. Something I learned, I gleaned from watching this. This is really fucking cool. This is kind of nerdy stuff, but the costume design, right, for Elvis, for Bruce Campbell, is they found... The company, because they said, like, if they were trying to, you know, like, make it from scratch and all that, it would have cost crazy Much amounts monies. of money. Right. Mm -hmm. And they, you know, they only had a certain amount of time to shoot this film. And anyway, they hired the company that makes the outfits for Elvis impersonators. Like, oh. it's called B&K. And I they chose, like... It never occurred to me that there was a company that specialized in that. It but, blew like, my it mind. makes sense. It blew my mind. But they designed three patterns based off of Elvis suits that he wore yeah. in concerts and what have you and stuff like that. Here's something I thought was funny, what Bruce said. He says, you know, when you wear the costume, it gives you a better appreciation for the fact that when you're performing and then you have all these rabid fans literally throwing themselves on top of you, they don't realize the stench that you're creating <laughs> in those costumes. He's like, you know, you're sweating and you stink. He said he learned that Elvis would like douse himself in brute cologne to mask the smell. He's like, but if I knew that information as a female fan, like going over to Elvis, I probably would have thrown up because of the stench. Because <laughs> he's wearing these things like night in and night out, and they're super fancy over-the-top sequence, oh, which makes sense because he grew up dirt poor. And then the Las Vegas lights too later on. <laughs> yeah, and you know, we've oh, seen your lights suck. Oh yeah. Oh so my hot. gosh. So, you know, it was it was interesting. It's like, wow, they actually they did their homework and those suits were bossed. Especially he had like crushed velvet suit. That was super boss. I was like, damn. So yeah, that's what I glean out of the outfits, if nothing else. Kind of true to form. Pharaoh gobbles donkey. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Cleopatra was, does the nasty. That's great. What was the second thing that he said that got translated? The oh, I've got a dog dick or something like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was... says, "Eat the dog dick of Anubis, you asswipe." That's the one that fucking kills me. I don't know why. Like Egyptians saying like rude swear word insults are so funny it's, to me. It's the funny. Fact that it gets... <laughs> 3D animated hieroglyphs that right. if you like pause it, you're like, oh yeah, that's that's a mouth, that's a dick, that's <laughs> yeah. a dog with his dick hanging down, and that's like, Anubis. That's like... Anubis. <laughs> that's pointing at him, and then I think that's toilet paper. <laughs> like... So funny, man. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I worked in construction for a good bit. And that was kind of the thing. They called them shithouse reporters. People would go in Porter Johns and write limericks and poems and dirty jokes and, of course, crude stuff, of course. Mm -hmm. But that's the first thing that came to mind when I saw it. I was like, man, this is like, this is literally a shit gag. What's, what's the best one you've ever seen? Man, that's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it has something to do. I'm going to paraphrase it because I can't remember it word for word. It basically says, like, you know, here I came to shit, but only farted. Oh. And then, you, you know, there's, it, it carries out from there. But I can't remember the, the whole saying. Fuck, I've, I've seen that one. God damn it. Something about brokenhearted. 
Here I sit, broken hearted, came to shit, but only farted. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> you know, stuff like that you'd see written on the walls. And, or, you know, just calling people out. It was a sly underway of, you know, talking shit about people too, drawing caricatures of people on the job site. In days of old, when nights were bold and outhouses weren't invented, they laid their load beside the road and left quite contented. <laughs> Yeah, I, I used to see like shithouse reporter strikes again or something Poetry. like that. SHR. You would see SHR attacked a lot on, on the walls, which I thought was funny. But I will say this for the layman, do yourself a favor and stay far away from Porter Johns. They are so fucking nasty, <laughs> They're man. So They're so gross. I hate even the thought of those fucking things now. Yeah. I know that was a little okay. tangent, but Jesus Christ. But that's what it harkened back to, like that kind of humor. Because that was what Jack wanted to show Elvis as proof. To <laughs> <laughs> like, look. See? That was so funny. He's like, what, man? <laughs> Came into the shit house for, for this? <laughs> but, you know, everything made sense. Like, he did his homework, too. He he brought him, like, all this information about, you know, this mummy, what, what Hotep what was. What was the and name of the occult book? Oh, uh, I got it written down. Because I, I actually looked it up. I was like, this, this can't be real. No. I it's am. the Everyday Man or Woman's Book of the Soul by David Webb. Yeah. And it says, uh, this is where Jack read about souls mm-hmm. and orifices. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. Any major orifice will do. Right. And I put it uh, that Jack pieces together that a mummy has been sucking the souls of the residents via their assholes. That's where he pieces it together. And he's like, you know, it's just like the low hanging fruit. It's like the people are just kind of giving up. So he, that's how he's just kind of the, surviving. The bit where he's like, the woman who claims to be my niece has been helping me do research on this. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, that's just got to be a wild thing to think about. But especially if that actually is her uncle who's just gone completely batty and is like, I know you're a CIA agent keeping me safe. Niece. Now help me go look up mummies. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh my gosh. I had to write this down. This is might, might be the nerdiest thing I say all night. There's a line that happens really quick is when Reggie Bannister's in, right? Okay. And it's because of what happened the night prior. And what I'm alluding to is when Bruce Campbell, as the king, gets woken up in the middle of the night and then he goes into Jack's room and that's when he finds Jack on the ground or on the floor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's relaying the story back to him and he's like, you know, I heard it's Goodland, man. He's like, look, I, I'm no... Ichthyosaurus. Yeah, ichthyologist. Ichthyologist, yeah. yeah ich- I was like, let me look that word up. You know what that means? Either one of you? It definitely doesn't mean bugs. Uh, fish? Yeah, it's the study of fish. No the fish different species scientist. of... I was like, holy shit, that's so funny. It's not even the right term. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was talking what, about bugs. He was trying to tell them that you got bug problems here, man. <laughs> and that's when he threw that at him. I was like, that is pretty funny. That was a quick line as a throw... Kind of a throwaway line... But it's even funnier to me because that is not even the right word. <laughs> so, yeah, I wrote that down. That was kind of funny. Oh, man. He has another line, too, with the nurse when he's just kind of like contemplating things out in the yard. And she's trying to get him to come back in. She's like, can't, you can't stay out here too long. And he like he's quick with his delivery. What he tells her, like he's going to wrap that wheelchair around her head. Oh, that's right. Don't you patronize. Don't treat me like a baby. <laughs> That's one scene. I'll lube my home pecker. <laughs> That's one scene where I legitimately feel for both people. Like right. she did not deserve to get no, shouted no, at no, by no, that. No, but no, I no. also understand him being like, for fuck's sake, woman. No. Like I finally feel like a human being again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Don't treat me like a baby now that I'm kind of, I'm on my feet. I'm out in the yard. Shit. I couldn't even get out of bed not too long ago. Do you like a ding dong? I know. That was so Ex- funny. He's like. 
I've got chocolate ding dongs. <laughs> like, wait a minute. <laughs> I suppose it would be chocolate. Now, now that I've died. Died me. <laughs> that has man, his whole backstory is like that's hilarious. And not only that, the thing that got me, because we analyze these films now, is when Bruce does enter Jack's room for the first time and he's got all those fucking like Photos on the wall. Like, 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 he's making a diorama. Yeah. Like, what is going on? That to me is like, that is so funny, man. It's not supposed to be, but that's ridiculous. <laughs> so shit like that. I, I like that a lot. Oh, here's another one too. I thought that was really cool. Like the, the contemplative moments and stuff like that in this mm-hmm. film is that Bruce has a line. He says, always the questions, never the answers, always the hopes, never the fulfillments. I was like, ah, uh, so, you know, they're throwing stuff like that at you, but that it's like a real sentiment that people feel, you know, regrets and not, I should have done this. I should have done that because that's kind of a refrain he has. I should have, you know, been with Priscilla. I should have treated my daughter better. Right. All that stuff, you know, but he still has a fight left in him. He's like, if nothing else, I'm going to fight for my residence in this nursing home. So, you know, it's a little shit like that, but it's like, that's still, it means something in this film. It's not just bullshit, you know? You're, you're talking about serious thing, and of course, I immediately went to two jokes they told no, during I, I, it, Trust me, I like jokes. <laughs> one of like, what do we do? Well, I'd recommend going to a better uh, yeah, retirement. Yeah, exactly. oh, yeah. Get the fuck out. That's his first thought. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong. But then the other one being uh, when he calls and asks not what you can do, what your retirement or not what your retirement home can do for you, but what you do for your retirement home. You're still, you're still my best, best lie. <laughs> yeah. like, He's like, well, I'm in. He's like, let me say it my way. <laughs> Let's take care of some business. The thing I think I lost it at more than anything in this movie is when he finally fucking reads the words of power that JFK <laughs> gives him. <laughs> what? I don't even what? fucking remember what it was. That's it. Just, it doesn't even rhyme down. well. It's <laughs> the main part that I heard. You want me to? I got it written yeah. down. Yeah, please do. All right. So this is so good, man. He says, you nasty thing from beyond the dead. No matter what you think or do, good things will never come to you. And if evil is your black design, you can bet the goodness of the light ones will kick your bad behind. <laughs> yeah. And that's when he's like, what Those the hell? Those are the hell? words of power. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That, that was so funny. Yeah. And then they engage, of course. They showed how they did it. I mean, there was a lot of dolly shots in this mm. film, of course. But they did like a dummy shot with actually the guy, Bob Ivy, who's uh, Bubba Hotup. And they had these guys push the wheelchair on a ramp off oh, the embankment. Yeah, for, and I was like, I, it looked pretty good. I know Bruce tends to do his own stunts too, so I don't know how much he did. But they said that because he wore like a quote unquote, you know, like a fat suit mm-hmm. underneath, it, it helped cushion a lot of the blows he did take in the film too. Okay, that would make sense. Yeah, so there was that. Uh, and the thing that guy got set on fire <laughs> a couple different times. <laughs> It's pretty risky because he talked about it too. He's like, especially with the head fires. Oh yeah. He's like, you can't be, you know, running around on set freaking out. He's like, you got to know your cues and stay calm. He's like, because if it hits your skin, it's gonna stay like that forever. <laughs> so yeah, but that's why he's world renowned stunt guy. But that's nothing that you would normally think about in those scenes. No, and understandably, usually they'd be like, all right, we're not actually gonna put a person there. We're just gonna set this mannequin on fire. But nope. Yeah, Bruce said something that was funny, but it shouldn't have been funny. <laughs> but he's like, you know, once you get past the nervousness of setting somebody on fire, he's like, it's kind of cool throwing a match on somebody. <laughs> Again, he ain't wrong. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, damn, the way he did it, just like that. <laughs> I was like, okay, you're not wrong. Um, so there, yeah, there's that too. You're like, you want to do a second take of that? No, I don't. <laughs> 
So, in some way, is this the original Cockneys vs. Zombies? Yeah, in a way it is. Where you have a kind of ridiculous <laughs> antagonist made into a realistic threat because of the prey that it's pursuing. Mm. Which also, you'd love Cockneys vs. Zombies. Oh my god, the movie's so funny. crazy. <laughs> it's a Cockney retirement home under attack from zombies. Oh, so it is straight up the same story, but with different ad-libs tossed in. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and Cockney is on top of it. So you're gonna get a lot of those. <laughs> the the slang. main uh, the main guy is Bricktop from Snatch. Yeah, I always forget his name, but yeah. <laughs> Back on Bubba Hotep, we, I talked about how the Lone Ranger scene was powerful, but the bit where he's so, like after JFK oh, yeah. dies and he yeah, salutes yeah. and Mr. President, and I'm like, I hate Elvis. Why do I feel like? Yeah, <laughs> like it it felt authentic, like he like a emotional, you know scene how does this stupid movie keep like pulling up these real moments i know like <laughs> it's really not it shouldn't be this good but it is here we are but it makes sense because the people involved in the project there's a line i did want to read even though it's I probably shouldn't but anyway i did like it because it's bruce and what he says <laughs> about the mummy because jack comes in and he puts it together like hey this is a night guy you know so i want to go ahead and get some sleep and then we'll meet up you know and Drink all that stuff coffee. yeah exactly and Bruce says, he's like, well, he said, if he comes in here tonight, I don't want him slapping his lips on my asshole. <laughs> I was like, damn, these lines, man, these one-liners in this film got me tickled pink. So there was that. I think that's, yeah, for the most part, uh, we've, we've touched upon it too. It's like, for as silly as a premise it is. So much heart. So much heart. And it does highlight the fact, like, you know. Um, scary, now that we're old. Yeah, <laughs> it, it does kind of drive that point home too. So, if nothing else, if nothing else, this is my little words of wisdom here is if you have older people in your life or if you pass them in your daily life, you know, don't like people, right, right. Don't just write them off as an old fire. I mean, they, exactly. Because if we're lucky enough, we'll be at that stage some point in our life. And I don't want people treating me like that. And I don't need people patronizing me. No, this movie oddly made me realize I need to call my grandmother. So <laughs> yeah. So stuff like that. It's just, I think it's a, a friendly reminder to, you know, Maybe be a little bit more thoughtful and mindful of the people you interact with. And you don't know how, you know, treating them like a fucking person might get them out of whatever funk they're in, too. So, you know, mm -hmm. give them a little spark. So that's what I got out of this, too. I just got that I fucking love this movie and I really need to rewatch John Dies at the end. Oh, my gosh, dude. Yeah, highly recommend that, too. Yeah, highly I've, recommend I've meant it. to watch it for years. It's strange in all the right ways. It's just, it's just a bizarre freaking <laughs> movie, man. <laughs> It's not a bad adaptation either. Really not. I still need to read the book. Yeah. Well, that reminds me of a thing of Bubba Hotep. Apparently, in the I, I heard that in the novel or the novella, because it's just a short story, it doesn't have the same levels of like the tragedy of getting old. It right. Just, right, the, right. The original right. story really is just straight up like old man Elvis <laughs> fights, a, a, mummy. fights yeah. a mummy. And they're like, yeah. what if we put pathos in? <laughs> yeah, it was like a part of a series of what was it like Elvis Lives or something Elvis like that. Elvis Postmortem or something. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, that. something like, like that. But yeah, John Lansdale was approached and he wrote his version, that story. And Don Coscarelli said at the time he was looking for, you know, some fresh ideas and ran across that he kind of liked his works before. And he liked the story. He's like, ooh, that would make an interesting story. And he thought about like all the mummy films and crossover stuff. He's like, wouldn't it be interesting to have a a mummy come to east texas and be like a redneck bubba <laughs> you know it's like, kind of interesting so that yeah they ran with it and here we are so 
Mummies really are just one zombie who's slightly smarter than the average zombie. Yeah. They are the least threatening. Oh, they're so not threatening. (laughs) So not threatening. Yeah, they had teased, I think, I I don't think so in the credits because I stuck around. I might have missed it because I get stoned a lot too, but there was a, a, a teaser for a Bubba Nosferatu, Curse of the right. She-Vampires. It was just a tease. Like, it was an unintentional sequence, just kind of like a, a gag. But because of the cult status, in conjunction, too, with uh, his autobiography, you know, of Chinska Kill, like, mm-hmm. he was touring alongside with it, Bruce Campbell, that is. So, on the film circuit, like, this movie slayed, like, it killed. But it was weird because no distributor wanted to pick it up until Vitagraph was like, yeah, we'll be on board. Uh, with Bubba Nosferatu, it's actually kind of interesting because they originally, as you said, put it in there as a joke, and then they started thinking about it. And then, God, you told me his name, and I've already forgotten. Lancel, I think it is. No, the the, the director. Uh, oh, Don Coscarelli. Yeah. Coscarelli and Campbell had disagreements on the way they wanted the sequel, prequel, whatever it is, to go. And Campbell's like, I'm just going to drop out of this project because it's more important that I like you. Yeah, makes than, sense. Then, like, we try and make something that we just fundamentally disagree on. Yeah, but what's they had, the point? Like, Mm-hmm. Paul Giamatti signed on well, to it for a while, well, and they were in talks for Ron Perlman. To... Uh, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Check this out. Spoiler, Paul Giamatti is in John Dies at the End. I did know that, yes. Okay, so mm-hmm. there you go. So that makes perfect sense now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and here... like, Giamatti was like pushing hard for this movie to get made, and he wasn't even going to be playing Elvis in it. That's pretty like... awesome. Here's another little nugget like that that I thought was really interesting. So before this movie was made, there was talks to have Bruce Campbell be a part of the Phantasm series. Oh, okay. Right? And so guess what? When Bruce Campbell met with Don Coscarelli and they were fleshing out a character for Bruce to play, he was supposed to be like some kind of, I don't know if he was like a general or something like that in this um, suicide squad. Mm. But they team up. Like he and Reggie Bannister team up together in the Phantasm series. And it was supposed to be called Phantasm 1999 A.D., and like they that had a script, most, like 90s. oh yeah, it's like some Mad Max nineteen ninety shit. Cleopatra no, twenty five twenty five. Trust me, as a as a Phantasm fan and a Bruce Campbell fan, that was like my teenage wet dream, <laughs> you know, crossover. But they had things fleshed out, but they just never got the financing. And it wasn't until, of course, right, Baba Hotep came along and. Bruce got the script and he didn't have to show his dong or prosthetics or whatever. <laughs> uh, he was on board. So yeah, it, it was just kind of a weird marriage, but it did happen. So that's kind of, maybe kind of going back to like what we said earlier with Briscoe County, had it not been for, unfortunately for its non-success, you know, kind of fills it out. We don't know if we would have got a Bubba Hotep or anything like that afterwards. That's true. So there's things like that. You don't, you never know. So that's true. Uh, it worked out in weird way. So I'm glad we got Bubba Hotep. I was trying to decide which one of those I prefer after watching like both in the mm. space of a week. Man, and I think uh, I'm more likely right now to go back to Briscoe. I, I am too, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But I think Bubba Hotep is probably a like I think I like Briscoe better. I think Bubba Hotep's a better film. I mean, not film because Briscoe's not a film, but like But no, no, not what you're no. saying. Yeah. Cuz how much I enjoy something and like the quality of something is this not always This one has like, more of like a mm, I think throughout even though it's silly as fuck, it still has a really <laughs> powerful message. So if I could figure out what to say to them to sell it to people, I would probably recommend this to a wider swath of people than right. Briscoe County. Right, because, yeah. yeah, I think so too. This is just, I think this is a good party film too. Let's throw on the background. Oh, yeah. yeah turn around every fuck. now and then and you see fucking, hey, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, right. 
yeah, you're right. It does work on multiple levels. You can watch it as a, like a real film or it can be a, hey, this is a thing going on. Let's drink and like talk and every once in a while watch a Elvis light a mummy on fire. Yeah, every time <laughs> Bruce throws out an Elvis line, take a sip and take yeah. a drink. Hey! Yeah. Don't make me use my stuff on you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little silly. Yeah, he, he was so good, man. But uh, it was fun learning like the making of all the stuff that went into it and uh, everything we've talked about. So it was fun. I'm glad I got to spend a whole day not only talking about Bruce Campbell, but a whole day spending it with you guys, too. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Feel good moment here. Yay. And if you guys didn't listen to the first part of us talking about Bruce, go, go back to General Nerdery from this past week where we talked about Briscoe County Jr. Man, I've so, already said that so a couple fun. times, but like it's not often we do a proper crossover. So. Yeah, I keep being like, do we need to explain what we were just – because that wasn't a different episode, but nah. No, this just is a proper crossover. Right. Yeah. Is there anything else? I don't. We haven't figured out next week yet, have we? No, we're back at that point in the show. <laughs> <laughs> we were really good. We had like two months planned. Yeah, no, we were do we're like very vigilant about we that. We've been there before. Over fell on off the that cliff <laughs> side of things. But you know that's it's fun because now you're kind of in this like ooh, you can kind of go in any direction now. So we're going to go figure out that direction, <laughs> and that's about it, right? Go watch Bubba Hotel. Yeah. If you haven't already, you're probably listening to this because you have watched it, wanted to know what we thought of it, but we know that some of you don't. Have you skipped way ahead and you're here <laughs> <laughs> at this point? I'm Tyler. I'm Danny. I'm Zach. Fried Squirms out. out. Hi, everybody. Tyler here. If you like the podcast, please hit subscribe however you're listening to us right now. Also, if you could rate and review us however you're listening to us, or preferably over on Apple Podcasts, that'd be super cool as the entire world is ran on algorithms and we want to be all up in them. Uh, we highly appreciate it whenever you tell all your friends about us. If you have any suggestions, comments, questions, want us to put eyes on your current independent horror project, you can always contact us, squirmcast at gmail.com, or you can contact us through our website, www.friedsquirms.com. Uh, scroll through our entire back catalog there, or click the links up at the top, as we are part of the Earverm Podcast Network, uh, and would love it if you went and checked out some of our sister shows. Uh, the easiest way to keep track of things across the entire network is to go over to that website. That's earverm.com, E-A-R-V-V-Y-R-M.com. Uh, you can search for us across all the social medias. If you type in Fried Squirms, we should be what pops up. I'm not going to give you all those ats. So with all of that in mind, we'd love to hear from you. Until next time, peace. <laughs>